ஒன்றுபிள்ளிங்ஸ்ட்ரேஷன் then i came here to do the master's course about 300 people had come for that course or maybe 150 or 200 i don't remember the number the last number came it was a very interesting experience coming to that course itself was a big challenge for us because on december 24th of 1987 the erstwhile chief minister of tamil nadu mg ramachandran died so there was riots everywhere in tamil nadu the buses were not running 23rd evening i'm talking about 24th morning this happened and uh, we were in chennai i was in chennai i told my father that i'm somehow going to adiyar i want to do this masters course so i decided to walk from mailapur to central railway station which is a good i think around 12 kilometers or so i said doesn't matter i'll walk So halfway through somebody came and dropped me up to Ega theater and from there a cycle rickshaw fellow came from there I got dropped in train station train left when it reached Coimbatore there was no buses there was no way to reach Adiyar 24th the program was supposed to start 25th the program was supposed to start couldn't start and Swamiji has sent message to all the centers that because of this we are postponing the program by one more day instead of starting on Friday it will start on Saturday he is announced So I went to the local center in Coimbatore and Ramnagar and they said, you know, tomorrow the program will start and hopefully buses will start flying by evening, you can go. Buses never flied. The whole day the government had declared holiday. The whole state was shut down for one full day. We decided to walk from Coimbatore to Palachi. There was another college student who joined along with me. So we walked up to, I think, halfway through. ஒன்னோ one lorry fellow came and dropped me in Palachi we went to the local meditation center slept there morning the buses started coming we came here i thought i did some fantastic job and you know was so proud in announcing this to people there was an handicapped man with only one leg he had come from namakkal by bicycle to that course after that i stopped telling my story <laughs> if i tell i'll always tell this you know bicycle namagal man story in the end so that people realize what will power can do for you when there is a will there is a way here we are for the level 1 level 2 introspection course because you have a strong will to realize yourself to get rid of pain miseries difficulties overcome challenges in life and attain good health live long achieve the purpose of your life itself it begins by first unlearning 
we have certain imagination as told to us by our parents or from by the teachers of the past society about the concept of god where is god who is god where we have come from what god has done the evolution of life forms the evolution of the universe itself perhaps you believe in big bang theory perhaps you believe in god created the universe theory perhaps you believe in maya illusion everything is an illusion what you perceive is the truth and everything else is untruth i do not know what your current belief is but you have come here to question that you are probably dissatisfied with that you are probably not fully convinced of what you have learned so far and you are here to realize within yourself the truth also some of you may have come here because there are real challenges in life maybe there is physical health challenge maybe there is a relationship challenge maybe there is mental challenge we want to overcome that isn't it a miracle a beautiful thing that our brain is hardwired to avoid pain have you noticed that nobody wants anybody here likes pain raise your hand love i know maybe if you work on amrdhanjan factory you will say i love pain because more people buy amrdhanjan <laughs> but other than that other than for material gain under unavoidable circumstances we want people to have some pain because if some, if, let's say i am running a restaurant i want people to have hunger pangs my business will run no more people are hungry my business will run that is only for material benefit that i want but in the back of my mind i also don't want pain i want when the customers come in eat my food and go out i want them to be happy i want them to be relieved of their pain so eventually i serve to avoid pain i don't like pain for myself i don't like to cause pain for others this miracle is possible because inside you inside you inside you there is goodness isn't it there is goodness inside you which has brought you here you don't know me from adam you may have seen my youtube videos you may think that i speak well but you still want to listen to me today because one you believe in your goodness doesn't matter what he speaks even if he speaks 10% good i will take that good this is your goodness not to my credit second which is even better than that is you believe in my goodness you believe in the goodness of aryar temple of consciousness you believe in our guru yogira shri vedatri maharishi and therefore i am sitting in swami ji's place talking swami ji's philosophy so this fellow must have some good goodness in him this also is your goodness only your goodness is manifesting in your actions to want to come and listen to the speech and take good from here and make it your own goodness so you want to develop your goodness this is the start of your journey of consciousness goodness inside you wants to develop itself goodness inside you wants to realize itself goodness inside you wants to spread around you you want to see goodness spreading all over you all around you you want people to be happy you want your family to be happy you want your brother sister to be happy 
you want your children to be happy if you are married you are your brothers and sisters everybody you want to be happy you want the society to be happy you want to live in a society which is happy and peaceful and blissful this is your consciousness conscientious consciousness that wants to develop itself and spread the goodness all over so congratulations to you for taking the first step forward to want to come and develop the goodness inside you develop the conscious consciousness inside you and realize who you are and where you have come from and where you are going there are some simple steps involved in achieving this the first step you have already taken of learning kundalini meditation you have learned agna you have learned shanti you have learned duryam is that right all of you have learned these practices all right first let us understand why do we need to meditate is there anyone here likes to give an explanation why do you need to meditate anybody to lead a moral life what is moral be good to everyone and lead a peaceful life okay so you are saying morality leads to peace how we all want to be peaceful that's for sure peace is a fundamental driving force for all our actions we go go to a job and work because we get money we get money we can eat that gives us peace we want to sleep want to wake up in the morning because peaceful thing we want to exercise because the body can remain fit that also gives us peace what is absence of peace dissatisfaction of some kind either in the physical world or in the functional world that is either in the mind or in the body if there is dissatisfaction disharmony is probably a better word may i suggest that word disharmony if there is disharmony in the body let us say between blood circulation and our body what happens ill fever comes our body becomes cold okay or there is some pain somewhere if the pain is temporary for some only some time we are able to bear it and we are able to get over it if the same absence of ease absence of peace is in peace sounds very similar no absence of peace in the body for short period of time is pain for long period of time this is that's all likewise in the mind mind also needs to be peaceful if we are satisfied if we are in harmony with the world around us with the almighty force we remain peaceful otherwise there is pain how do we achieve peace not in indulging pleasure no pleasure will not give us peace then why do we seek pleasure explain that with an example probably i would say i want to have a an ice cream in a five star restaurant i go i have it and come the ice cream is eaten my pleasure is gone and satisfied and that is temporary once what if you eat more ice creams keep on eating ice ice cream is giving you pleasure and peace why don't you keep on having ice creams are come on you just now told me um, <laughs> madam told us very clearly if i eat ice cream there is pleasure and pleasure gives me peace you heard it no sir yes did i i did not miss here or no then in that case why can't she go on having ice creams why should she meditate why should she do any other activity why should she even remain calm 
she said if she remains calm she can be peaceful correct sister okay but then you are saying ice cream will give you pleasure and peace why do you need to remain calm enjoy no excellent no imagine one cup of ice cream one ounce of peace one more cup of ice cream two ounces of peace the more ice cream you eat more peace you get do you get no that sister is saying no you are saying yes now please explain to i don't understand self realization possible in ice cream ice cream yes i also love ice cream. yeah who doesn't love everybody loves ice cream Do anything more, we get elephants also. Pain comes. Pain comes. So, do you realize one thing that you are telling me now that if I indulge in more pleasure-giving activities, at the end of the pleasure there is pain. One gulab jamun is sweet. Two is pleasure. Three is excitement. Fourth is bitter. Indigestion, <laughs> pain, disease, all kinds of issues. side effects are unpleasant so pleasure cannot lead us to peace the other end of pleasure is pain there is limitation as to the amount of pleasure giving activities we can indulge in so we cannot go after pleasure we should stay away from it so peace is the other direction if you take a left turn it is pleasure continue in pleasure pain hell so you take a right turn to achieve peace which is where what you seems to seem to say makes a little bit of sense to me that you have to remain calm ice cream may give you temporary pleasure but that is not peace okay there are needs that we have needs are common for most animals most living forms humans okay what kind of needs are there hunger is a need thirst is a need need due to environmental atmospheric changes if there is cold outside we want little warm clothing if it is very warm outside we want some fan or air conditioner inside so these are very basic needs this is common for all animals it is no difference for human beings also needs are very basic requirements for us but that doesn't give us peace you cannot avoid meeting the needs also you cannot buddha tried it he said okay i can live without food what happened to him he almost died a fisherman found him lean and you know like one little thread fallen at the side of the river tried to carry him what is this man took him back nurtured him back to life and he taught him the lesson okay you want to realize yourself go ahead realize yourself but eat yeah you cannot live without food food is very basic requirement we cannot live without food we cannot live without water also two thirds of our body is comprised of water and therefore we need to keep supplementing water we through loss and evaporation etc we are losing water regularly water is a very basic requirement our body is not a cold blooded body not like polar bear not like dolphin okay not like uh, let's say penguin for instance these are cold blooded animals we are warm blooded animals there is an inner core temperature that we maintain what is the temperature 90 98.6 degree fahrenheit this temperature 
needs to be maintained by us we have to live in an environment which helps us maintain this temperature we cannot live in antarctica arctica etc it's too cold or we can't go and live in a inside a lava for instance some bacteria bacteria may live but we cannot live in such places we have to live in an environment which is conducive for us to maintain the inner core temperature that is also common for many animals it is common a few exceptional animals like we talked about the cold blooded animals they have the ability to change the temperature but they have what is known as the fur we have the fur in our mind we have fur i'll come to that in a few minutes but our body doesn't have fur they have some hair but we don't have fur in the body the fur keeps them a little warm they have fat accumulated polar bear is about a significant portion of their body is accumulated fat which it can burn during winter months and it can somehow reduce its requirements of food and survive through the harsh winter months of arctic land for instance but we can't do that we cannot survive in such temperatures we need to eat okay we need to eat how many times we eat three times that's all you eat what about in between each meal in between each meal two times ha huh? snacks two times snacks three so five times we eat my son is a naturopath he tells me first he taught me about a few years ago when he became a naturopath doctor and he came out he was conducting a class i attended the class so he taught us in that class there is a saying that says if you eat once you are a yogi you are a yogi yogi swami ji used to eat only once a day evening he used to add half chapati too small an amount morning he used never used to have any breakfast as such so 1.1 when the during lunch time also he used to have very small quantities so he the yogi didn't need so much of food then he said if you eat twice a day okay if you eat twice a day you are a bogi means people like you and me who have our family life we have our material life we have to live and we have to eat at least twice a day if you eat three times a day you are a rogi rogi means a diseased person that is when i asked him i was like you worse than you not five times sir some 50 times i used to eat a day okay his mouth was like one cow's mouth only chewing 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 morning to evening will be cuddling so i asked him appa doubt i have da you are saying three times a day you are a rogi i eat so many times what am i drogi <laughs> <laughs> so i learned from him to reduce my food intake to twice a day i eat only twice a day nowadays twice a day is more than sufficient i had my lunch before coming for this class i will have my dinner around 5:36 that's it. last night i had my dinner in the train around 5 o'clock that's it i didn't have anything during the night or this morning i had morning i had i think one cup of uh, green tea which cannot hopefully cannot be i don't think it's considered as a food but just for your don't argue with me you had that is food, <laughs> food. nothing to digest the blood sugar level doesn't increase because of that so if you look at how we all eat we eat so many times in a day it is not out of need it is out of habit or it is out of greed 
Sometimes it is out of stress also. Nowadays it has become binge eating, stress eating. These are all words that are beginning to come in the dictionary nowadays. There is only eating. I don't know what is stress eating, binge eating <laughs> and so on and so forth. We have to accept that in order to remain peaceful, we have to protect ourselves with these three needs, food, water and environmental condition, convenience, condition we need to remain harmonious with our body. This is step number one. But then there is also three more protections we require. This is also common for all living form, all life forms. One is protection against natural disasters. The tsunami comes, there is a storm coming, there is lightning coming, there is fire, there is forest fire and there is earthquakes. We need protection against such natural. Suddenly COVID comes, which is basically a natural disaster, correct? Which is perhaps a man-made disaster, but then it kind of spread in the air. Nature took over its uh, uh, effect on our wrong way of living perhaps. So we need protection against such things. So we need to wear a mask or we need to live in an environment, which is if you are living in Japan, where there are so many earthquakes in a day, you need to construct your building suitable for such earthquakes. Here, we don't have such earthquakes, not an earthquake-prone zone. So, we can construct with a little more convenience for us. Second protection we require is protection against accidents. Unavoidable accidents sometimes. We need all animals, all living forms require protection against animals. When we are protected, we feel peaceful. Correct, no, sir? When there are no natural disasters, at least we know we are protected against natural disasters, we feel peaceful. The third protection we need is protection against enmity, enmity of other living beings. It could be animals, it could be other human beings who consider us as enemies. This is also common for all animals and all human beings. When we, are, when we know we don't have any enemies, we are peaceful. Some people are not peaceful, some people are unhappy, they will go and create enmity so that they feel peaceful. Okay, those are exceptions. We will forget that. Okay, most husbands are like that. Correct, no sir? When we are peaceful, we don't feel like we should be peaceful. We will go unnecessarily say something to the wife and, you know, get into trouble. Okay, uh, this is a manufacturing defect. God's manufacturing defect is, you see, he is still trying to perfect he has perfected the evolution of women, I think. They are so perfect in the correctness, sir. They are always perfect, they are always correct. Uh, men are not like that. All kinds of imperfections are there, and we don't learn also. So last, last week, sir, how many years since I married? 1990, I got married. Now we are 32 years of marriage. I still haven't learned. <laughs> sir, I had gone to the bathroom, taken a shower and I have come out of the uh, bath and I had my wet towel on my shoulder. Where should it go? <laughs> Where did it go? Pindle. Correct. See that? <laughs> she is talking as if she has witnessed this in my house. 
sir 32 years of marriage has not taught me this sir this is you tell sir this happening to you also ab uh, sister is saying is happening in our house also happening in your house also happening in your yes. see in everybody so that means tell me sir it is my mistake sir <laughs> is it your mistake sir is it your mistake sir is it your mistake you must, you no is manufacturing defect you must have that foundation manufacturing defect but still Overall, if you see, I don't want my wife to be my enemy. Anyway, that is how that... In general, we all think that our spouses are our enemies. Perhaps because it is an astrological problem. <laughs> no, sister, seriously, I am telling you. You know, I am telling you, if you are an astrologer, you will know. Or if you know astrology, you will know that... You know, I am not uh, 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 filing a bail application here. I am telling you this is a fact. I am not escaping from the punishment here. I will accept my punishment for whatever silly mistakes I do. But I, in astrology, self is defined by lagna, first house, first bhava. Enemy, open known enemies is defined by the seventh bhava. Spouse is defined by which bhava? Seventh bhava. Kalasthara <laughs> my point your honor <laughs> my point is made <laughs> thank you your honor so it is not our mistake sir it is astrological problem that uh, every husband thinks a wife is the enemy every wife thinks husband is the enemy swami ji has given a beautiful explanation for this is that that the other partner your life partner is a careful selection of the divine force with a perfect mirror image of genetic center whatever imprints you have that person has come as a divine creation to get rid of your sinful imprints in your genetic center so they carry it and they expiate it which is also true if you look at it in a more logical sense there are my father lives with me okay and my father in law mother in law used to live with me till about 2 weeks ago in our house due to certain conditions they have gone to Uh, the sisters uh, my sister in law's house if you look at me my father thinks that i am still that 8 year old boy i have my grandchildren that doesn't register in him in his mind also he will look at the grand great grandchildren and play with them they'll accept this 2 years old 3 years old 1 year old but he will look at me and he will not think i am a 58 year old man he will think i am a 8 year old boy So every time I go out, he will come behind me and say, "Have you taken your purse? Have you taken your mobile phone? Have you taken your Aadhar card? Have you taken your credit card? Have you taken your shoes? Have you taken your tea? Have you taken your..." Say, Papa, I'm 58 years old. I don't need to have your babysitting anymore. I will take care of myself. Once I will tell him, twice will do. Nothing will change. I went and told my wife. My wife, Mama, he will take care of himself. he doesn't need you to go and tell him okay ma serious same communication i give to him it doesn't go into him okay she gives it goes okay you don't need to tell him all these things i thought he stopped next day he did not ask me about my purse mobile phone check nothing he asked okay 
came next to me and said, have you taken your laptop? <laughs> Old habit is gone, now new habit has started. Again from the hall, Abad Bandava, my wife, please help me. So there are things she is able to handle that I am not, I am saying giving you in a more comical, practical sense. Concern is same. Huh? Concern is same. Huh? Concern is same. Concern is same. Correct. Concern is, sir, his mindset is same, sir. He still thinks I am a child, yeah, that's all. He thinks, he look, when he looks at you, Correct. he doesn't look at you by age. Correct. Correct. Nothing. I have tried. I have tried growing beard even more also. Then also, he's in his mind, I am still that 8-year-old fellow. Because same thing happens to me when, uh, when ah. I travel around the world. Ah. Whenever I go to mom, ah. she will treat me like a small child. Small child. Passport. Correct. 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 But they, their intuition is also correct. Because what I did when I landed here, I lost my wallet in the flight itself. See, if you are abroad, if you are losing your wallet, you will know how to manage yourself there. You are not going to call your mother. Okay, for most likely your mother will call you and say, is anything is wrong? She will know, by intuition she will know that something is wrong. But then you will not call your mother. But she will not, it will not register in her mind. But having, you know, digressed a little bit on the humorous side of life, there is a need for us to protect ourselves. Sometimes our own action is our enmity biggest enemical forces that we have is our own actions, our own, you know, uh, problems that we have, our own weaknesses, our own anger becomes our own enemical forces. So we need protection against enemical forces. This is also common for all life forms. Sin imprint, that is true. But we really don't want to get killed by an enemy, do we? We want protection against enemical forces. So, we need certain physical protection also from enemical force. That's why we have police and we secure our house with windows and doors and locks and things like that. We secure ourselves also when we go outside. And, you know, we take so much of protection against enemical force. And we believe in the goodness in people, no doubt about it. But we also want to be protected against enemies, enemical forces. So, this is a common requirement. I am saying it from that point of view so that it gives us peace. The idea is we are having this discussion because we want to remain peaceful. How do we remain peaceful? That is the question that we are trying to answer. So we have talked about six things, three needs and three protections that gives us peace. This is common for all anyone, nothing new, nothing unique about human being in these six elements. But there are six other things that are very unique about human beings. Three of the first six are duty. Three virtues, we can say. Duty gives us peace when we are dutiful. I have a father and he lives with me in my house and he needs his food every day. It is, I take it upon myself to serve him food when my wife is not well or when his wife wants me to help. It is my duty, it's a pleasurable duty. He has carried me on his shoulders, he has fed me so many days, he has done night shift when I was very young, so that, you know, during the day, mother can, you know, uh, can go to school and he can take care of me. At night, my mother can take care of me, he will go to office. So, I worked under extremely difficult circumstances and yes, in order to feed me and protect me and shelter me. And for me to just serve food is nothing great. It's not like I'm sacrificing anything. It's a very pleasurable thing to do. It gives me peace. Likewise, if I do my duty for Swamiji, I come here once in three months or so, conduct this class, I feel peaceful. 
I feel I have done my duty. I have taken so much from him. This is my way of returning by just being here and allowing myself to be used as a vehicle for his divine service, like how she is here, how she is here, how Sar is here, to serving Swamiji's cause in this beautiful temple of consciousness in Arya is primary duty for us. We do not expect anything in return. We are actually expecting to get rid of our dues to Swamiji. Likewise, when we work somewhere, when we go to office somewhere or when we uh, work at home, we are repaying the dues for the first about 15-20 years or so. We were taken care of by the society. You just imagine one cup of rice or one chapati you take and you think about how many hands, human hands have touched that before it has come to you. Can you count? In various forms, go back in time. This has taken a final shape and has come to you on a plate. But you take it and you look at it and you go back to the first element that got formed. Huh? Sowing. From there you, you bring. Somebody has given the seed, somebody has food, somebody has given the land, somebody has given fertilizers, somebody has given water. Okay, somebody has given a tractor, tractor company, how many thousands of people are working there. Directly or indirectly, thousands of people have worked in tandem to bring this food for us today. So we owe it to the society. Duty is equal to dues to the society. We repay our dues to the society. This is very unique. It gives us peace. Correct? Na? It gives us peace, not pleasure. We say it's pleasure to come to Arya Temple of Consciousness, but then we actually mean it's very peaceful for us. This is my duty, divine duty, my parental duty, duty as a father, duty as a son, duty as a husband or a wife, or duty as a student, duty as a teacher, duty as various persons that we are. We wear different hats and we wear different shoes. We have a duty to do as we perform these roles in our daily life. So duty is the first and foremost thing. Second thing which also gives us peace is charity. There are people who cannot afford what we can afford. Perhaps because of some physical ailment, physical handicap, or mental handicap or social problems. I once went and lived in a construction shed. I was working for a construction company and decided that my wife and I will go and live in a place. Construction shed. I cannot forget those experiences at all. The first experience I had was uh, there was a family of rodents, rats, which also decided to live in the same shed as mine. In fact, they were ahead of me. They, it was their shed. I was an intruder into that thing. But it was such a gentle creature that it would come and peep out of the hole, look at me and say, okay, it doesn't look like he is very eatable, let him sleep. We'll go back. Whole night, the two of us were looking at each other. There was one male rat, big fellow, big huge fellow, who would come, he will come run around like that, he will come, he will look at me and then he will go back. Okay. Neither he slept during the day, nor of course I could sleep that, day, that night. Now imagine the construction workers are living in that environment day in and day out. 
I lived there for some two days or three days. You can imagine, one day or so, I don't remember. Very short period I was there. There was a lady who was living, family living next, in the next shed. And they told me a story which I can, left an indelible mark in my psyche to understand how painful it could be for some part of the society to live in such difficult conditions. Uh, her small baby, six months old baby, died of asphyxiation, the heat. She had to go for work. She couldn't be without work. So she went for construction work. She had given milk for the baby, which was in that cloth uh, swing. The baby was inside. And she had given the milk and she had gone in the morning thinking that the child would be okay for at least till lunch time. She comes back for lunch and finds the baby is dead. Baby is dead. How can she forgive herself or accept that karma? What mistake the child had done? And we don't even think such things. We live in this beautiful temple of consciousness. We live in our, live in our house. And if there is a leak, we will scold that fellow, the mason who constructed this, an engineer who constructed this. We will not think of what condition that mason or that construction worker is living today. Swamiji used to do that. Swamiji one day was staying in his room and uh, uh, I think uh, Lata was there. And uh, Lata or Uma was there? Uma. Uma was there. And he was just quietly, he was sitting there and Swamiji asked, oh, Lata came and uh, Uma came and asked, oh, what, what Swamiji, what happened, why are you quiet? The mind, thinking about the people who constructed that building and how their life will be today. Nobody can think like him. <laughs> okay? Nobody thinks like him also. To think and recall and be grateful for the people who built this place for you is a charitable feeling. And when you work on it and when you actually be charitable to somebody, it gives you peace. It makes you feel noble. It makes you feel good about yourself. It makes you feel close to God. It makes you feel divine. Correct? Huh? Morality is also another thing. We don't want to cause pain. Sir, I asked you what is uh, morality. Moral is not causing pain in thoughts, words or deeds to self or others. Now, at present or in the future, physically or mentally, is moral action. So, when we do something that causes to remove pain for somebody, you feel nice. This is altruistic behavior, very unique to human beings. You see the difference between an animal and a human being. Let us say that there is a baby of some animal... There's a baby of a human being in two different pictures. Okay. Here this baby is tripping and falling down and there is a line next to it. There is a monkey baby, there is a deer baby, okay, falling down, tripping and it is about to get hurt and nobody is there to save it. And there is a lion coming there or a, or a tiger coming there. Here is a human cub, human baby. Falling and tripping and no mother, no father. You are coming next to it. Can you tell me what will happen? Scenario 1, scenario 2. Lion, deer cub. Lion will grab it, eat it and go. It will not empathize. It will not say, yo, papa. It will not say that. What will you do? He will lift it. This is morality. This is altruism. This is empathy. You feel sorry when somebody else is hurt. This is very unique to human beings. 
when you develop this human empathy this morality the moral behavior you feel peace you feel divine you feel good you feel that i have developed goodness inside me because you want to be good you want goodness to develop inside you okay so these three thing duty charity morality makes you feel good makes you feel peaceful so you have to allow these three things to develop in you constantly you have to ask yourself am i duty conscious today have i done my duty not because i am expecting salary out of my job but because i am repaying my dues to the society it's given me a great opportunity to do so then have i helped somebody who needs help who is helpless today could be poor you can serve somebody poor or it could be somebody in your own home somebody who physically or mentally a little deranged or a little difficult uh, to handle their own job by themselves have i given them a bath it's maybe a child taking care of a child for an hour for instance it's a, it's a duty as well as a charity there nobody is paying you for it you don't expect any payment also you want to offer your help taking care of the child or taking care of a blind man cross the road or it could be uh, some other issue that you want to sit, sit and solve for the society for the day because you want to be charitable in that situation likewise morality every day morning you wake up and tell yourself how can i develop goodness inside me can i be without anger can i be without worries okay can i get rid of the worries of my wife can i at least now after 32 years of being married make sure that i put the towel inside the you know washing machine or i wash it and hang it somewhere else can i train myself to do that so there are so many things i can ask myself i can improve myself every day to avoid pain for others and not cause pain for others in the process of my living knowingly or unknowingly we all cause pain we all cause difficulties in the way we live for instance we are a carbon dioxide producing machine we consume oxygen we produce carbon dioxide even if i don't do anything chumma i just sit and breathe i am actually a liability for the world correct na i am causing pain for the environment so what can i do to make it better what can i do maybe plant trees maybe water the plants so something i can do to reduce the pain i can't stop breathing that's not possible okay some day i will but today i don't want to okay hopefully i will not <laughs> i don't have any control over how long i will live there is a return ticket confirmed ticket that i have date only i don't know okay we all live as if the date never comes but nevertheless whatever minute every minute that i am living can i at least live to make sure that i can reduce the pain that i am causing this society this planet this earth can i remove the pain of others if this this is morality i shall work to not cause pain for others and i shall strive to remove the pain and misery of others in the body mind or soul this is a sankalpa that we all take in our meditation correct so this is fundamental to living a moral life other than these three three more things i told you like animals have fur we also have fur but in the mind in the way our spiritually our mind develops it begins with faith we believe 
that are your temple of consciousness simplified kundalini yoga techniques given to us gifted to us by our guru vedvedatri maharishi will help us get rid of our pain and increase peace and realize ourselves and achieve the purpose of our birth am i right this starts with faith but faith alone will not give us ultimate peace we have to use our knowledge gain more knowledge gain experience and understand what swami ji is saying okay swami ji saw so many things as his inner vision he talked about the almighty force the almighty force is a self compressive surrounding pressure force and due to the surrounding pressure force a fold got formed the fold started spinning itself and became the formative dust particle and inside the formative dust particle the almighty force got accumulated there as the divine fluid this is magnetism in a potent form inside the formative dust the formative dust started spinning at an extraordinary speed because of which there is a friction between this spinning particle and the static state in the process there is a divine fluid overflow that came from this as the speed increased the formative dust particle got ejected thrown out the fluid also came out now this has become a dynamic transformed fluid this is magnetic wave it created ripple effect it went and hit the nearby formative dust particles from there also the speed increase the formative dust got ejected the fluid started coming out in a similar rhythmic fashion it spread to the vicinity i am speaking what i am doing is not actually creating sound what i am creating is a ripple effect by controlling the air which is one of the panchabhudas through my vocal box i am creating a ripple effect in the formative dust particles and now this is spreading the divine fluid that has emanated is now ejected created a ripple ripple effect and it is now ripple effect is caused across this room it's going and it is hitting clash your own biomagnetic force which is present within your body is now transforming itself this wave is coming and hitting in your ear and your fluid your divine fluid is also emanating from this it is at a frequency my vibration that i have created a ripple effect that i have created is causing a magnetic transformation when it comes and clashes in your ears and you are perceiving the difference you think i am speaking i am not speaking actually neither is a fan making any sound sound doesn't travel it merely creates a ripple effect this is a magnetic transformation isn't it beautiful to visualize this everything is a magnetic you are a magnetic body i am a magnetic body the difference between the living magnetic body and a non living magnetic body is here it is only panchabhudas i am you are or any other life form is panchabhudas with free flowing energy particles the formative dust particles is freely flowing inside us tamil la sonnona sikkal உயிராற்றல் உடலில் சிக்கிக்கொண்டு விட்டது அப்படின்னு சொல்றோம் திஸ் இஸ் அ என்டாங்கல்மெண்ட் 
of the formative dust particles getting entangled within the physical body. In the process, there is a magnetic spread that happens within the body. And this magnetic spread needs to have a vortex, V-O-R-T-E-X, a center, which is in your muladhara. Draw a line from head to toe, draw a line from left to right, draw a line from back to front, where this XYZ axis meets. This is your tailbone. This is around the tailbone. This is where your genetic center is, your vortex is, a magnetic center is. This is your soul. The soul is observing everything that is happening. And as you use your faith in this system and listen and understand more, it cognizes this vortex, this soul, this your, your genetic center is cognizing everything. Cognition is possible in all life forms. But what is unique about us is this cognition not only creates an experience, okay, here is Krishmurli Ishwar sitting here in this Adiyar temple of consciousness talking about philosophy of life. We have understood this. It has become cognition. And this is an experience. It is creating a mark, a record in your genetic center, in your memory cells, in your body, ears. Everything is becoming a imprint. Now, this is not the only thing that is happening inside us. We have started creating a discriminatory record. That is, you now begin to compare previous class who handled. This class Krishmurli Ishwar is handling. This is one comparison you are saying. So, certain things are coming. So, this sar is okay. The previous class teacher was much better than this man. Okay. Or some comparison like that. You create a record in yourself. This is first discrimination that is happening. Second discrimination, the many such discrimination is happening, constantly it is happening. I am giving you one or two examples for you to understand how your, your soul functions. The second discrimination is, I heard uh, Vedanta philosophy, Siddha philosophy, I heard uh, um, the uh, Shiva philosophy, Shaivat philosophy or uh, Vishnuite philosophy or uh, Vishishta Advaita philosophy or some, some philosophy I have heard and I have believed in. Now I am hearing some new philosophy. But I see parallels between the two. There also they are talking about magnetism. They don't use the word magnetism. Here he is using the word magnetism. That seems to be logical. Seems there are parallels I can draw between that and this. So my faith of the previous kind, faith that I am creating here, Faith that I have in this system leading to a level of understanding which is now elevating itself through cognizance, experience and discriminatory powers. Now you are realizing yourself. As you practice this meditation more and more and more, your mental frequency begins to come down. It operates normally at beta frequency between 14 and 40 cycles per second. Now it has come down to alpha. From alpha, as you practice Durya Tita meditation, it goes to theta between 4 and 7 cycles. 8 and 13 cycles is alpha frequency. Usually called the sleep with dreams. 
when you meditate at agna chakra for instance your frequency comes down to alpha but it goes back to beta low beta 14 15 16 like that it will be again it will be 11 12 13 it will operate in that band it will not remain stable at alpha level at agna meditation which is why all, all the agna meditation is usually a transition meditation for us in our meditation practice we once you have learned duryam we always say do duryam meditation we don't say do agna meditation we will start with agna for every duryam meditation 5 minutes we will do agna. morning also sir conducted meditation before the start of the class today also 5 minutes of 3 minutes of agna 3 to 4 minutes of duryam we will do Duryam is where your mind will free frequency will remain at the alpha frequency between 8 and 13 cycles per second at that frequency you now have access to your records cognition experience discrimination now in each of these processes there are records getting created so from the time we got conceived in the mother's womb till today all that experience is called the prarapta experiences or prarapta karma these imprints are the indelible records in our genetic center is the karmic imprints prarapta karma experience discrimination these are the things that helps us move from faith to understanding to realization the faith understanding realization is the three stages of development of the human mind in order to reach that peaceful state so now i'm connecting all of this together for you to create a picture in your mind that the almighty force which has taken a characterized personified form as you and me is cognizing observing and creating an experience as indelible record and comparing one record with another record and creating another record resultant record a new experience gets created in us and that also becomes a new record in our system these are the records of experiences from the time of conception in our mother's womb till today there are of course certain records that we have inherited from our father and mother this is the sanchita karma birth sanchita is birth birth karma what you have inherited so my mother was a teacher i also like to teach father worked 7 days a week i also work 8 days a week sorry 7 days a week <laughs> feels like 8 days a week ha huh? constantly not just recreating we are creating new records all the time today your experience of listening to me and thinking about this entire philosophy of life and purpose of life is a new experience for you it has created a new imprint new record for you how strong is this record depends on how receiving you are how what frequency you are in receiving this mind your karmic imprint still today and my karmic imprints and the karmic planetary movements and karmic imprints of this environment here collective karmic imprints of everyone here and what is going to happen once you move out of this room and that experience it's got so many everything is magnetism everything is a magnetic reaction that is taking place everything is creating this reaction and action reaction imprint recreation is constantly happening for us in the process our goodness inside us which we talked about first thing when we started this class which is nothing else but your own divine force if you really want to worship god in your life worship goodness goodness inside you 
goodness in other living beings other human beings if you worship that you are worshiping god you don't need to worship anything else at all you don't even have to understand god understanding will happen over a period of time believe that goodness is god start worshiping that when somebody comes to you approaches you say oh here is goodness coming goodness is god god is coming towards you starts with that it's very easy to understand the almighty force you take your own body you will very easily understand body is made up of cells cells are made up of molecules molecules are made up of atoms atoms are made up of protons neutrons electrons now i will tell you ask you a simple question you take the volume of electron proton neutron in one hand the volume of atom in another hand what is the size atom is big how big sir how big how much more this much more this much more this much more this much more scientists have calculated scientists have calculated this if you put together the size of an atom size of a electron proton neutron into a size of let us say a football then the size of an atom is equivalent to the football stadium and the size of an electron is almost 1/2000th of a size of a proton neutron those are almost equal beautiful question i will let you think through this let me finish this flow of thought that i have and then see if your answer comes out of this now you take the proton and neutron these are slower moving energy particles but bigger in size therefore they are in the center electron is a faster moving smaller energy particle which is in the periphery becomes a satellite to proton and neutron okay now ask yourself electron did it come first or proton neutron came first science has proved beyond doubt swami ji has said this also in his philosophies that electron came first then the proton neutron in fact is the electron that became the proton the proton that became the neutron okay now you think about electron take electron on electron particle you take the electron particle itself is it stationary is it moving from this room to that room it is spinning around its own axis at an extraordinary speed where is the motor something spins must have a motor must have an energy source where is the energy source inside an electron there is a nucleus as a scientist discovered that swami ji discovered it swami ji said inside an electron has got formative dust particles okay call it vedans science has not yet discovered we'll finish in about 5 minutes time sir science has still not discovered this god particle yet this formative dust particle is the fundamental energy particle that accumulated together to form the electron swami ji says the akash particle which is the electron subatomic energy particle electron proton neutrons are nothing else but coming together of the formative dust particles itself and these particles are also spinning at an extraordinary speed now again ask yourself okay there is an electron so many such formative dust particles come together they are all spinning at an extraordinary speed so therefore the electron appears to be spinning understandable now you take the one formative dust particle which is even smaller than an electron that is also spinning at an extraordinary speed where is the motor is yes, that automobile man anything that spins must have a motor no where is a motor for this there must be now come to logic don't believe faith understanding 
realization now you have to realize not just believe what swamiji said try to understand and try to realize what he said visualize in your mind something is spinning okay forget everything else in the universe something is spinning one particle not perceivable through our body through our sensory organs cannot taste it smell it see it cannot touch it etc but you can visualize use your own mind go to that frequency visualize visualize an energy particle that is spinning at an extraordinary speed what is it comprised of what could be the force that is making it spin that must be the almighty space that has transformed itself that has modified itself to this spinning particle then only that force must be there an almighty almighty means it's not uh, god shiva and things like that mightiest of all forces became almighty force almighty force okay that almighty force must be the force that is spinning here there it is an undynamic static state here it is a dynamic evolved state a transformed state now think about how that could have become this now you understand these two things now let me try and answer this question of yours and comprehend again logic electron proton neutron three energy particles atom 99% football stadium football okay so if these are the three things that are there which is 1% of the 99 this is 99% now what is this 99% empty space can it be empty space what can it be it must be that force itself it must be the force that transformed itself into this energy particle which came together to form an electron an electron one electron one proton coming together is called as one proton one electron what atom is that hydrogen first element periodic table now two electrons two protons two neutrons come together is called helium eight protons eight electrons eight neutrons oxygen okay now you have hydrogen you have oxygen these two things come together water okay now in between hydrogen molecules are highly combustible oxygen molecules are highly combustible they catch fire so it's a state transformation of these air itself so from water you condense the water put it in the fridge what happens ice solid you got the evolution of panjabudas okay now all these rocks and other things are there now inside one of such materials over millions of years of accumulation of panjabuda particles because of the surrounding pressure force accumulating everything all the electrons proton neutrons coming together some formative dust particles the so called the uh, the akashic subatomic electrons even below that even lower than that in terms of its evolutionary stage this formative dust particles the vedans have started to spin inside this as a free energy particle on amoeba evolved from amoeba evolved the plant 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 and only one sense okay unsprouted seed became a worm energy particles kept on coming together because of the surrounding pressure force bringing everything together 
as they started coming together various earth materials came okay the periodic table from 1 to whatever number that you want to think of think of everything all of these materials came together started to evolve as they combined together different combination of these panchabhudas also evolved and inside that the energy particles which got accumulated inside this as panchabhudas okay started to create a free flowing circuit the free flowing energy particles gave life to that panchabhuda amoeba got formed the difference between amoeba and a rock is that in an amoeba there is a free flowing energy particle formative dust particles are freely flowing without formation of electrons there is also electron proton neutron there is also all that is there that is the panchabhuda form but inside the panchabhuda form there is a free flowing energy particle which is sitting there which is given rise to that particular life form so from there it started evolving so what you feel when you sit and meditate and close your eyes and meditate at agna chakra durya chakra what you are feeling is the free flowing energy particle transforming itself into pressure that is all you are feeling the tingling sensation the vibration that you feel is nothing else but the free flowing energy particles the formative dust particles you are only one with that formative dust particles so if you want to realize faith alone is not sufficient understanding alone is not sufficient you have to realize you have to become one with that almighty force so meditation becomes imperative for self realization in order to realize that you are the almighty force you are not even this formative dust particles where did the formative dust particle come you have to go to that stage the process of reaching that stage of almighty is through observation and becoming one with the formative dust particles and reaching that stage when you reach that stage you become one with that almighty force this is yoga being one with the almighty force is yoga being one with that unified force is yoga being one with that all pervasive surrounding pressure force which is all compressive which is highly permeable dark divine fluid is self realization perfection in order to reach that state there are two basic steps that are required meditation and introspection introspection is about getting rid of those actions pain causing actions how do you get rid of it superimpose one small joke i will tell and then i'll finish this session sir one man one king was balding hair was receding receding he called the doctors cure my head balding head let the hair grow again doctor said not possible then what is the use of having all of you here get out of my kingdom one balding head also you are not able to cure no doctors people started falling sick went to a guru submitted surrender to the guru and said please put some brain into this man's head this king's head he is ch- chased you know he has chased all the doctors away from my kingdom and everybody is falling sick nobody is there to treat the guru said i will put sense into this man's mind i will cure this man's balding problem went to the king and said i will cure your balding head no problem no medicine nothing tomorrow morning you are waking up standing in front of the mirror looking at your balding head but do not think of a dancing monkey treatment over do this for 7 days your hair will grow again so the king said ah, that was such a simple thing woke up in the morning stood in front of the mirror looked at his balding head what came monkey dancing monkey 
What is this? Full day the dancing monkey didn't come. How did it come now? Next day he tried, failed. Next day he tried. Third day, fourth day, fifth day, every day he failed. Went and surrendered to the Guru. Guru said, please, you know, this is a torture. This is worse than Chinese torture. If you have any legium, any oil, oil, mentadol, give me, I will put it. This, this treatment, I cannot follow this at all. Then this Guru said, your own mind you are not able to control. How are you going to cure your balding head? There is no cure. Please recall all your doctors. Then he realized his mistake. Oh, my biggest mistake. Sorry, thank you so much. Let me recall all the doctors. All come, give them reward, let them go. But Guru, you stay. Let them all go. I don't care about my balding head. That problem is solved in my mind. But remove this dancing monkey from my brain. <laughs> I am not able to sleep with the dancing monkey in my brain. <laughs> so Guru said, okay, it's very easy. Bring an empty pot. Brought an empty pot. Remove the air and bring the pot. How to do it? How to do it? That's it. Problem solved. So the Guru put water, air went away. So he told the king, this is the way you should control your mind. Just like you, nobody understood there. I don't understand the logic behind putting water and removing air and removing the dancing monkey from my mind. What is connection is this? You cannot control your mind. You cannot stop thinking. But you can stop negative thinking. If you have a bad habit, if you have a wrong thought, if you have a negative thought, if you have a sinful imprint, sinful bad behavior in you, you can get rid of it by creating positive imprint in the situation. I told you not to think of dancing monkey. Correct. But you could have thought of flying elephant. Did they stop you from doing that? This is how the human brain works. It cannot comprehend what it cannot imagine. So if you need self-realization, you have to learn the process of superimposition. By superimposing constantly positive thoughts, non-hurting thoughts, non-pain-giving, peace-giving thoughts, new habits, better habits, peaceful habits, healthy habits, over sinful, hurtful, painful habits, thoughts, words and deeds, then slowly the introspection leads to superimposition. So when the new environment comes, the both will come up. Depending upon which is stronger, the other one will go away. Next step, this is superimposition. Next step, sublimation. This will not even come up, but it will remain this will be stronger. The new habit will be stronger. Over a period of time, expiation, this is gone. Only the new habit will remain. The old habit will go away. This is salvation. Salvation is getting rid of sin imprints from your system. Once you reach salvation, then the next step is perfection, self-realization. Self-realization is waiting for you right here, right inside this particular place, in your mind. It's an arm's reach away from you. Starts with meditation and introspection. So learn this beautiful system in the next couple of days. I will come back and we will handle three more sessions for you tomorrow and day after tomorrow. And until then, enjoy yourself. This is a lifetime opportunity for you. 
it is not only your good karma that has brought you to this beautiful divine place but it is your father's karma your mother's good karma your ancestors good karma that has brought you here do justice to it you don't have to put a lot of effort to achieve realization and perfection you just don't interfere with yourself that's all you need to do you allow goodness to develop inside you there is no you are manufactured with goodness inside you there's a lot of goodness in each one of you and i believe in it i believe in your vision of the world and i believe that vision of the world includes you living peacefully and harmoniously with the society with yourself with good health long life enough wealth peace prosperity fame and wisdom be blessed by the divine may god and guru always be there with you good luck be blessed bye namaskar all